Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Mr. Bummies, I should say. Hello, mans. Uh, how goes it? Goes well. It goes well. It's been a busy morning. Been trying to do my full gardening, whatever that means. Are you trying to do full gardening today? Yes, I did. I tried to do no fall gardening, not fall, full fall, gardening. Fall, fall gardening. You're trying fall to do gardening. full gardening. Hmm, was, What's fall invo- gardening? Are you breaking it, leaves? It involves weeding. Then it involves. Uh, Giving my grass nutrients, and it involves laying grass seeds. It's fall. It's fall seeding. You see, fall seeding to prepare for spring. Well, I think you often yes, pretty much. But it's sort of you do it sort of at this time of year before it gets really cold, um, gives things a chance to germinate and all this stuff. And then by spring, it just springs. It springs oh, lovely spring, grass and things. Springs, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, yes, it is lovely. I haven't done anything like that. Uh, You've not been here. I just got back to home base. I'm here for 12 days. Oh, yeah, exactly 12 days left. Can we we just say that 12 days is not ages? When Aki and I spoke last week, I said, oh, how long are you home for? And he goes, oh, ages. And then I'm going to Europe and then I'll be back till the rest of the year. So realistically... This That's is true. Not Listen, ages. ages is relative. I, mm. The last time I was home, I was home for eight days. So 12 feels like a real, ooh, another four days. It's like a half again as many days. All right. And then when are you home f- from that? When's your last tour end? And then when are you back for the holidays, really? Uh, the 16th of November. Oh, so then you have six weeks. Then I have, then I'm back for ages. Okay, that's that's where the age. I think comes that's in. what I was I trying see. to say, but I we were not. I was not a fully awake. We were communicating at, across time zones, and I think I was trying to say after Europe, I'm home for ages. Yeah, I messed that up because I thought you were talking about. I missed Europe, and then I remember I was like, oh, you did say Europe. Anyway, we're off target. Tro- tro- tropic target. Or we're topic. off tropics, and we're getting we're back to basics. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a show. Hello, everybody out there. This is a show about Star Trek, isn't it? Not gardening and scheduling. Uh, we're, this is Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast, which explains the intro. And today we're talking about Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Crisis Point 2, Paradoxus. Uh, uh, Stardate 338-1016.4. And before we get into this sweet, sweet episode, which I assume you found much more pleasant than last week's episode, Stevie. You are correct. I certainly did. (laughs) (laughs) No surprise Uh, there. I just felt you were so upset last week about the episode. I was relieved. I was was like, Stevie's going to like this one. Okay. Yeah, I did. Uh, It delivered in many ways. It delivered in many ways. Uh, Mm. uh, But before we do that, we got to talk about Patreon. 
Are you missing two nerdy friends in your life? Beautiful. Are you missing Zoom watch parties with Star Trek? Are you missing cooking shows with the delightful young man in a bow tie? Well, look no further. Set Phasers has everything you need. Just go to patreon.com forward slash set phasers to join these two delightful nerds in wonderful Star Trek love. Maybe not love. Wonderful Star Trek fun. Just go to patreon.com forward slash set phasers. That was very go. good. It's getting better and better. It's getting more and more like a full <laughs> copy read. Uh, like I'm listening to NPR, and it's one mm. of those breaks where they only do commercials for other uh, niche yeah. things. Um, NPR is brought to you with a, by a, a generous contribution from Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Uh wouldn't well, that be great? Oh man, imagine if we could make generous <laughs> contributions. <laughs> oh, one day I'll well, make friends with someone at NPR. Oh my, that's my dream. Uh, okay, let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Okay, yeah, episode begins. Listen, we know it's Crisis Point. We know it's a movie like Crisis Point, Vindic- uh, Vindicta-style uh, episode. So we sort of know that this this opening, which is the Cerritos and a big fight with the Romulan Warbird taking tons of damage and all this stuff is probably the, uh, the, you know, the cold open of this film. But yeah, they are taking damage. They're boarded. These Romulans beam in to this lab. They kill a scientist and they take a strange uh, device and the device uh, ransom and them jump on and try to stop the Romulans but the Romulans beam away and then the the they're still fighting the Cerritos and they're kind of Cerritos is really getting crap kicked out of it and Captain Freeman's about to order a reluctant abandon of ship when suddenly a savior warps in the USS Wayfarer and indeed Shax thanks the prophets that the Wayfarer is there and the Freeman tells him give those thanks to Captain Bucephalus Dagger who it turns out is Boimler uh, and the uh, the Wayfarer opens fire on the Romulans, really whooping their butts, and then uh, they warp away, and then they don't follow because Boyman was like, we're here to save the Cerritos. Uh, and then Freeman says, no, but they got away with a top-secret Starfleet prototype, the Chronogami, but allows one to travel through folding space-time, chrono-time-gami, origami, and... Uh, that's when we find out we're in crisis point two paradoxes. Uh, basically, this is uh, another Star Trek movie. This last, the last one was written by Mariner, as I recall, uh, Vindicta, and this one is written by Brad Boimler. So it's a sequel. Uh, and uh, before he is able to play the credits sequence, uh, Brad is called away by Ransom to have a quick meeting. So Brad goes away. They watch the. Uh, the credits we find out the characters names which i wrote down because i think it's important how ridiculous these names are uh, obviously brad boimler is bucephalus dagger mariner is commander rebecca doodle tendy is lieutenant commander mina vesper and rutherford is cheap silvo toussaint <laughs> uh he even attempts to do a uh, cajun accent and gives up on it uh, anyway, Brad comes back. He's seeming a little uh, sad and down in the dumps. 
but the plot continues. They go to a laboratory. They meet a hot scientist who's into Brad Boimler, uh, into Bucephalus, but Bucephalus is not into, is not going to do the romance thing because Boim was feeling down. They watch a sweet uh, 80s style Star Trek movie uh, explanation of what the chronogami does. Uh, and then they uh, have to follow it. So they follow it to this planet and the, you know, it's a big chase and people, the, the Romulans run away on a big like ground ship. And then there's a bunch of grav bikes. And so everyone jumps on the grav bikes, except Boimler's not interested. They're on this planet. That's full of like these prophets, all these random gods. And he finds one that he wants to follow because he's now, he doesn't care about the plot of the movie. He's searching for the meaning of life. And the computer is then trying to uh, improvise uh, programming in the background to help characters follow the, the side quest so Boiler wants to follow looking for uh, the god Katiha, who has answers. Uh, and he gets a follower by the name of Nicknack, who's following Boimler and calls him the wise purple headed one uh, who believes it is wise to look for answers. Uh, so Boimler puts Tendi in charge of the mission. Mariner stays with, with uh, Boimler. Uh, Tendi et al. They all go. They follow the Romulans. Uh out into the plains they're doing all the cool grab bike stuff a lot of motorcycle stuff and then the romulans sisters go into the chronogami uh and so tendy et all follow and they go to 2341 the the era of the algae crisis which i don't really remember which could possibly be canon and the uh, tendy thinks they're trying to kill ambassador Korra, who saved starfleet from the algae crisis and is that the plot of the movie meanwhile Mariner's following Boimler around and is upset that he's not letting her uh, have fun in the sort of like cool part of the movie. Also is being critical of Boimler's rewriting of the Vindictiverse, as she calls it. And they get into an argument because he's trying to follow this this Katiha lead. And so Mariner leaves because she does have a, 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 an evaluation to do from Ransom. And that's when she finds out that when Boimler went away to talk to Ransom, Ransom told Boimler that his transporter clone, dun, dun, dun. You don't have to play the dun, 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 because it's not that exciting. But you could if you wanted to. I don't know. What's up to you? Was killed or died that morning. Hmm, who can say? Due to uh, uh, some uh, poisonous gas. Uh and so that's why Boimler was did you say did you say transporter I did am oh. I wrong I don't know uh oh yes his his transporter clone William was killed that morning <laughs> my apologies I never get to use that one yeah well I'll make sure we use that more often transport I'm not gonna say it uh uh, meanwhile, uh, Tendi, Rutherford, and the crew of the Cerritos who are following Tendi uh, in the holodeck uh, go to the 20th century now, which is always a fun trope in Star Trek. They are immediately uh, accosted by rough cyberpunk British types with terrible British accents, uh, so, sort of like ones that I would do. And uh, But they take them down. And then Tem Tendi thinks the Romans are trying to wipe out Ambassador Koro's whole family because there's an ancestor of Koro at this, this museum that they're uh, standing in front of. But Tendi is getting upset because Rutherford's not taking things super seriously. He like brought food from the mess into the previous scene, and now he's taking the clothes off the cyberpunks so that he can wear their cool, weird street toughs clothes. Mariner, feeling bad for having a boinded, a boinded bamler, 
Oh boy, what a spoonerism that was. Mariner feeling bad for having a banded boimler. <laughs> a boinded. Uh, returns to Boimler's program, uh, is captured by mysterious people on a ship who are acolytes and don't have names. She gets thrown into the brig. There she finds Boimler still feeling down in the dumps because his search for Katiha went poorly and his followers mutinied against him. And Mariner says, but hey, you know, don't feel so bad, Boimler. I know that your transporter clone died. That was an opportunity for you to play the transporter sound again if you wanted to. <laughs> I, yeah, I know that your transporter clone died, but, uh, you know, we're still in this. There's still a reason to follow this, this, our fun times through to the end because we're Starfleet. And she mentions that she found deeper meaning in, uh, than she intended in her vindictive program and that maybe Boimler can find deeper meaning in this weird sequel. Anyway, the first follower Boimler had, Knickknack, breaks him out of the brig with an explosion. Boimler, for, oh, I forgot to mention the guy that they're following to Katiha has tattoos on his back that are supposed to be a map to Katiha, but they didn't work. But then Boimler busts onto the bridge and he fights that tattooed guy and Mariner joins in. So does Knickknack, who turns out to be like super buff or whatever. And then when they defeat the tattooed guy, Boimler discovers that the folds of the skin of his back can be put together to find a true map to Katiha. <gasps> uh, anyway, oh, sure, if you want. <laughs> Oh boy. I got you. Yeah. The crew in 2161, that's the Tendi crew, are now trying to defuse a Romulan bomb. And Dr. Tehana gets killed by one of the Romulans who then gets killed. And Tendi's still upset that Rutherford's not taking things seriously. Uh, and that's when she realizes that the reason she's upset is because he's not taking her being a captain seriously. And he's like, you want to be a captain? She's like, I do want to be a captain. He's like, oh, well, you'd be a great captain. I'd love to be your captain. And they all go, yeah, Captain Tendi. And then uh, she goes well, how are we going to end this plot? How are we going to save the day? And she goes, oh, I have a plan. Let's use the Kronagami. So they go back to the Kronagami. We go back to the top of the battle. The whole thing happens. The Romulans come. They they board the Cerritos. They don't kill the scientist this time because the scientist just gives over the uh, MacGuffin. I love the term MacGuffin. And they go back to their ship. They're gloating about how they've won. And then uh, Tenny's like, oh, yeah, sure. If you had the Konagami instead of one of your own bombs from the past, future, past, past, future, uh, which blows up the ship and saves the day. Meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler go to the Katiha coordinates. And uh, Boimler asks, uh, what is the purpose of life? And Katiha gives him an empty aphorism, namely, the purpose of life is a life of purpose other crappy statements. Boimler gets upset, punches his way into Katiha, tries to find out what's going on with Katiha, finds out that Katiha is just a misappropriation of, uh, the, like, from dust and stuff, of Kitty Hawk. Apparently this is a spaceship from the Wright, a spaceship, a, a plane that has become a spaceship from the Wright Brothers' original experiments with flight, uh, has a tantrum, uh, basically passes out, uh, shows up, on Kirk's farm. This is really rapid in like almost everything you get in every movie. Uh, but it's not, Kirk is not there. Sulu is there. He gets advice from Sulu about just living your life as best you can. Uh, he wakes up in sickbay. Tendi and Boimler had fun. So did Mariner. Uh, Tendi and uh, Rutherford had fun. So did Mariner. Boimler was happy that they had a good time. He was technically dead for a while, but now he's back. And they're happy that there was a happy ending to this movie and that they're, they're overjoyed because they hate cliffhangers. And then 
we discover on a ship somewhere deep in the darkness of space. A coffin is opened, and William, the transporter clone, is awakened by Section 31! Uh, and here endeth episode eight of season three of Star Trek Lower Decks. Let's chat about that. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Ooh. Well, 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 what an app, eh? What an episode. So we're just getting all of this character development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having fun, we we got like you know our fun movie sequel. Yes, yes. That no uh, one needed. Right, Tendi as captain. <laughs> yes. Do, pulling off a, wants a, to be captain. A, a cool Kirk style uh, switcheroo, beat the bad guy end of the day thing. That, that was very cool. Was yes, that's true. Up. Not that that was a nice little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I write here? Uh, there's a, it's a send up of pretty much which is interesting because Vindicto kind of sent up the the next generation movies the first yeah. right that was like more of a TNG style movie this pretty much tried to get everything from the original Star Trek motion picture movies in there including time travel uh, the let's see uh, it's like the the weird graphics when they were showing how the chronogami works is like straight out of uh, Wrath of Khan. I don't know if you remember that mm-hmm. when they were talking about mm-hmm. the Genesis Very project. Good. Yes, yes, yes. That was stolen. Uh, uh, and um, uh, there's like a search for a god and deeper meaning and all the stuff. Anyway, I I really enjoyed that aspect that they tried to to get sort of the TNG movie vibe going. And I thought one of the cool things is that like. The reason this works in this universe to me is that if it were the senior staff, they wouldn't want to do a Star Trek movie. Like they'd want to go to, you know, do Mason Dixon or whatever the detective's name was that Picard was. Oh yeah, stuff, right. Um, was it? It's Mace, probably downtown Mason? Chicago. It was Dixon. Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill. Yes. Which is a great episode. Uh, <laughs> but because these guys are lower deckers, their fantasies are to be senior staff. So we get to enjoy a Star Trek style movie adventure because they, like us, wish that they were helming the ship and getting into the deep of adventure. So I thought that was cool. Uh, and also section 31. Here in the lower deck of hers. I know. William Boimler gets to have all the fun. I wonder if we'll see any of Section 31 or if it's just a maybe this this will come back in season through four. Well, you know, we still have the dangling bit about um, Rutherford and who was true, who put his his uh, you know thing in and tried to erase his memories. And maybe Section 31 is involved. So now we got William on the inside. Uh yeah, it would be cool to see some Section 31 business in Lower Decks because they have not lampooned Section 31 yet. And they already mm-hmm. started because uh, Boimler asks, aren't we supposed to be a secret organization? Why would we have black com badges that pretty much announce that we're Section 31? And I wonder if they're laying this up for an actual Section 31 crossover next season because we assume yeah. that 
Section 31 will have its own spin-off starring our favorite Michelle Yeoh. We are assuming, and we're not only assuming, we are ardently hoping. Yes, this is tinfoil time, people. Yes, come on. Put it out there. Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, this was a great episode. I love the the movie episodes. We only have two episodes of the season left now, Ooh. so now we got it back to things. Yeah, right. I'm upset, but you know, then we have a little break, and then I think Picard's next. So we've got Prodigy we comes out, which yeah. we don't recap. We haven't recapped it, but apparently, this is now because they they ha- they. They did what a, a pause, a caesura in the middle of season one. So this is the end of season one. Yes, that they're putting out. I think so. Or is it? Season? I'm not sure. I should, oh, we should really keep up. With I that. think this is the. Second I tried part to watch it. I didn't one. get into it. Um, but I don't know. It is. I'd, yeah, it is for younger people. But as I was saying in the uh, off mic in a text conversation with Stevie, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't take much for me to get into a kids TV program. I'm happy to do that. I've watched all of Avatar and Avatar The Legend of Korra. So I'm sure I can watch uh, this this Star Trek show for kids. In fact, I should. Did I even say that last time? I felt like the last episode was basically Avatar. Oh, yeah. The last episode? Yeah. It was yeah. sort of a send up of Avatar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trees, people. Which is interesting because it's obviously not within the Star Trek verse. Right, but it's so. a trope of like it's like a bad trope that other sci-fi does. That Star Trek, generally, at least since like uh, since the next generation avoids the like we're here to save you, noble savages kind of thing. Mm, yeah, it's true. True, 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 true. Shall we go true, to quotable moments? True, true. Yes. I got a few here. What do you got? Uh, any faves? I have two. Um, most they're just. I mean, it's just Mariner who always gets the last one. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait. So my first one, I'll just go with that. Um, Boimler, don't worry. Crisis Point Two is twice as good as the original Mariner. <laughs> Crisis Point. No, you can't just piggyback off my movie. <laughs> Boimler. Technically, it was my program first, so I can do what I want. Um, oh. Computer Arch, and Mariner. <laughs> that doesn't contractually obligate you to make a bad sequel. Wow. Mm. They, uh, there was that bit I didn't write it down as a as a quotable moment but you know the where they're doing time travel and I think Mariner says like oh what are we going to create an alternate timeline where weird people play younger versions of ourselves did I just steal your thing you did yes you did, oh yes. sorry oh, that's no. right I'll, I'll just read out the, the full Please thing Boimler yeah. says Freeman Freeman just explained that Kronigami can be used as used to destroy any point in history in Mariner what does it make it an alternative cinematic timeline that runs concurrent to our own but with like different people playing our younger selves or younger mm. versions of us and Tendi laughs and says huh, scientifically that would be a bit of a reach Mm-mm-mm. loved mm-hmm. that yep, uh, yep. yes I'm sorry I stepped on that That's uh, right. let's see I have a few I very much enjoyed oh, the bad guy who has the tattoos on his skin uh, takes off his thing and he says quickly read my saggy skin uh, it was a very strange moment. Um, uh, I liked uh, Mariner says, dude, come on. We got to grab. Maybe that's the T-shirt for this episode. I don't know. That seemed pretty good. We got to grab. Uh, I really loved uh, Boimler and Sulu. Boimler says, is this heaven? The afterlife? The nexus? And Sulu says, it's Idaho. Would you like to feed the horsey? Uh, yes, that was all quite good. 
And was that? Uh, I, yeah. I didn't check. Was that actually George Takai? Yes, that was actually George Takai doing the voice. Yeah. I think I saw I really, that on Instagram. They're like, look out, George Takai. That was great. You know, it's a real shame they didn't get Nichelle Nichols. It's too bad. It truly is too bad. But, yeah. you know. Is he the first? I think he is. He's the first and only of the original TOS crew who's done Lower Decks. Yes, I think that's true. That'll really piss off Shatner. Uh, they kind of like mentioned that too. I mean, it's Kirk's farm that Sulu's on, and Kirk's like, and Sulu's like, he left a long time ago. The guy never stops working. Uh, oh yeah, also the the Nexus is a re- reference to the first TNG movie, the uh, Generations. Mm. Oh yes, right? of course. Sorry, where they're on Kirk's farm and everything. Anyway, uh, shall we go? Oh oh, do you have? No, not really. I think. No, let's let's skip it. There was just like the whole thing was a big obvious Easter egg, so I'm not gonna go through. Fantastic. Well, then we should. There go weren't to... any like small things that were really cute or you know hidden in there, so let's just skip, 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 skip. Uh, to. Good point. Uh, next time. Okay, great. I didn't know if you had news. I don't know why I felt. I don't I have to... news. We've had so much news. There's no news left. There's so much news left. Let's go to next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we'll be talking about episode nine of season three. I looked at, I looked right before, an hour before we went live, and I did not see a title for this next episode. But usually when that happens, Stevie looks for four seconds and finds the name and proves that uh, I'm just bad you at Googling. You want me to do that for you? I can if do If you that see you. it, yeah. I feel like I... I'm never good at it. I got it. I even have th- uh, episode 10. Oh, my God. Uh, episode 9 is called Trusted Sources. And our finale episode is called The Stars at Night. Ooh. How evocative. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll be checking out Trusted Sources next week. Yes. Uh, but if you liked what you heard, uh, please do find us, uh, Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast, wherever you find your podcast. We have tons of episodes detailing all the new, uh, you know, the recent and contemporary uh, Star Trek uh, franchises, and uh, they're all as thoughtful and in-depth as this was. Mm-hmm. I do think you're going to like this t-shirt from, by the way, from week eight. It's um, it's like a movie t-shirt of Crisis Point 2 Paradoxus. Oh, it's quite clever. God. If I, I'm sorry, you know what I'm really sad about is that I missed the window to just have them send me all ten. I, uh, you, possibly. I don't think you can do that now. I think you have to buy them week to week now. Maybe. <sighs> oh, sorry. Sorry, bud. Breaking my heart. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you did miss it. Oh, well. Uh, cool. Um, yes. Uh, do join us on Set Phases. Do join us on patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Set Phases. For- <laughs> <laughs> Do join us on um, um, what is our website? We also have uh, the internet, and so we're on socials too. We do. Uh, Set Phasers Podcast, Instagram, Facebook. We're in the places. Yes, we are. I don't. Do you, do you know this? Well, you can leave us a voice note if you want. What? And that is at our website, setphasespodcast.com. We've had that for a while. I've just forget to tell people. I didn't know that you could leave you could leave us voice notes, everybody. 
Yeah, you can leave us a That's crazy. We might even might even play it out on the show. We might even play it out on the show. Hey, maybe you got some questions. AMA, baby. There you go. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. We're about what, to have a long uh, period of no new episodes out. Maybe we do uh, get some questions or something. Else. Yes. Ooh, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. But see, uh, now you're back. Now we can do some some fun things. Well, I was just thinking we should talk about it off air. But yes. I'll, I'm right. back for a little bit and then back for ages. There you go. <laughs> you twerp. Oh, fun. Well, I am Stevie Mans. And I am a character that doesn't even have a name. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer and program. Hmm?